Hello, everyone, and welcome to this week's episode of the Faith to Go podcast, your one-stop shop for everything you need to have faith discussions throughout your week with your friends and with your family. My name is David Tremaine, and I'm the digital resource curator for Faith to Go. And I am Charlotte Pressler, and I'm the youth missioner for the Episcopal Diocese of San Diego. I feel like, my I, thing feel is, like I should have yeah. said that slower and with more inflection, <laughs> David. I feel like my thing is like such a mouthful, I feel like. Is it getting all... It's like hard to spit out for me, I guess, for some reason. The digital resource curator. I am. And in a world where David <laughs> is the digital resource curator. Um... Welcome, everybody, back to the Faith to Go podcast. We're so happy you're here for this discussion of the gospel leading up to Sunday, August 29th. Whoa. Summer's almost over. How did that happen? It's crazy. In the blink um, of an eye. Yeah, for real. Proper 17, if you're keeping up with your liturgical calendars in year B. Hey, everybody, we are in back in Mark's gospel today. Welcome back. Welcome back to the stage, Mark. John kicked you off for a second, a hot second. He took about four weeks to tell one one really long story in a lot of different <laughs> ways. So thank you, John. We appreciate your act. And Mark is back. Welcome back, Mark. Welcome back, everyone. Welcome back, Charlotte. Yes, you never you were here last week, but anyway. I was in fact. Um, and we have uh, like every week are going to check in about where we saw God this past week, and it's my turn. Um, yes, David, where did you see God this past week? Yeah. So last week, um, this past week, my mother-in-law, Allison, and uh, aunt-in-law, her sister-in-law, uh, Carmen, uh, stayed with us and stayed with our children while we went to Big Bear, which is a little place up in the mountains, Big Bear Lake, and um, one of... Uh, and a, a, a lovely, wonderful couple from St. Andrews lent us one of their cabins for Maryland and I, one of their cabins for a few days. So it was awesome. And I think that it was like so good to be there to rest, um, to not have to do anything or take care of anyone except ourselves mm-hmm. and to sleep a lot. And um, I think where I saw God was in my, the place I felt God moving was in this kind of like in-between place I was the whole time, which was like so happy to be there, so happy to be away, happy to have time to rest, but also just like missing Fritz and George the whole time, you know? Yeah. And it's just so hard because it's like there's no, it's it's just like this little, this like tug on my heart the whole time, you know? And it feels sad, but I also feel that it's like, God is, it feels like a grace. It feels like God is in it because it's like, yes, I'm on vacation, but I also love what my life is like when I'm home. You know, mm-hmm. I don't feel like I am trying to escape from something or need to like run away. I like genuinely missed being there, you know? And so it's like, it's, but then it's hard because then I go back and I'm like wrestling with George to, you know, get him ready for bed that night. And it's like, when can we go back to the cabin? because it's like <laughs> also exhausting. So I don't know. It's like that. I guess I felt God in that kind of in-between place. You know, when we're gone, yeah. I'm missing him. And when we're there, it's like, it's like so wonderful and hard, you know? So it's like everything all the time. Uh, this huge, yeah. this huge mix of uh, being a parent, you know, and having these little people that are like your whole heart and your whole life, just like walking around in the world. And 
just like constantly having to let go uh, all the time. So I felt God in Big Bear in that missing, in that resting and, and uh, yearning to be home at the same time. Yeah, and I think that's kind of like a God feeling, you know, it's like being landed here and also yearning and desiring something that is that is not yet, you know. And right. so, um, so yeah, so just really good to feel to feel God in that in between place this past week. So, uh, like always, uh, we would love to hear from you uh, this week where you saw God this past week, where you're feeling God's presence moving in your life, anywhere where you see it, where you feel it. Uh, we'd also love to hear any of your questions or comments or stories from your week of faith discussion or reflection. You can email us, faithtogo.edsd.org. You can contact us through the website, myfaithtogo.org, or you can uh, direct message us or tag us in a post on Instagram, at faithtogo. We would love to hear from you in any and all of those ways. Maybe not all of those ways. I mean, that would be a lot. That would be overkill. Don't do all three of them. Two out of three, that's probably enough. Uh, or just one. Um so we were, we're going to get to the gospel for this coming Sunday, August 29th. Charlotte is going to read it, and then we're each going to highlight a point that jumped out to us that we hope you take into your week of reflecting or, or talking about the gospel with your friends or family. The gospel this Sunday is from Mark chapter 7, and wait for this, verses 1 through 8, and then verses 14 through 15, and then verses 21 to 23. When the Pharisees and some of the scribes who had come from Jerusalem gathered around him, they noticed that some of his disciples were eating with defiled hands, that is, without washing them. For the Pharisees and all the Jews do not eat unless they thoroughly wash their hands, thus observing the tradition of the elders. And they do not eat anything from the market unless they wash it. And there are also many other traditions that they observe, the washing of cups, pots, and bronze kettles. So the Pharisees and the scribes ask him, why do your disciples not live according to the tradition of the elders, but eat with defiled hands? He said to them, Isaiah prophesied rightly about you hypocrites, as it is written. This people honors me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. In vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. You abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition. Then he called the crowd again and said to them, Listen to me, all of you, and understand, there is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile it. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come, fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly, all these evil things come from within and they defile a person. Okay. So we are back in Mark's gospel, like I said, in chapter seven. Remember all the way, way, way back to July. I think it was July 18th was the last time we were in Mark's gospel. And that was actually the story right before this one. So uh, July 18th, we read Mark chapter 6, and the last verse of Mark chapter 6 was 53 to 56. There's only a few more verses in Mark chapter 6 after that, and then this is the beginning of chapter 7. So think back to Jesus. Um, it's like Mark chapter 6 is the feeding of the 5,000 in Mark's gospel. We heard it in John's gospel, as you remember, from John chapter 6. 
Um, Jesus sent out the 12, the death of John the Baptist, remember we talked about, and, and uh, Herod, and uh, the beheading of John at the birthday party. Such a fun thing. Uh, instead of a pinata, <laughs> maybe, I guess. Um, and then Jesus walking on water, which we heard the story of from John, but there's one in Mark. And then uh, people bringing uh, the sick and the the people that need healing to Jesus in the villages uh, around um, Galilee. So Jesus is up in Galilee, around the Sea of Galilee. He's back in the main area of of Galilee on that west coast where all the the little villages are and stuff. So that's where he is. That's where these uh, scribes and Pharisees who have come up from Jerusalem, interestingly, to come hear this Jesus guy uh, and what he's here to talk about. And they're observing uh, to them some problematic behaviors of Jesus and Jesus's disciples. And that's where we are. That's where we are geographically. That's where we are in the gospel. And... And one thing that's uh, skipped here is that the, this last part, this last thing he says is actually in one of, in a house uh, to the disciples, just the disciples uh, talking about uh, explaining himself and what he's said. And this thing about how the things that defile don't go in, but come out of a person. So this last part of it is actually just to the disciples and instead of to this whole crowd that's gathered around. So that's one thing that got cut out, one thing to keep in mind when he's listing all these uh, evil intentions that come from a person. Those are all just to the disciples kind of as an explanation for what he was talking about. So, uh, Charlotte, do you want to go first? Sure. Okay. So Charlotte okay. has Charlotte has the first point, and take it away. <laughs> Thank you, David. Um, so as David and I were having our pre-conversation, I owned the fact that the end part of this is a little bit challenging for me. First of all, it's kind of hard a little bit to sit and think about Jesus listing off this laundry list of awfulness, um, right? Because those were those were a lot of words that I read. Fornication, theft, murder, adultery, avarice, wickedness, deceit, licentiousness, envy, slander, pride, folly, it's a dozen. I counted them as I was reading them just now, a dozen things. Um, and all of them are pretty awful and loaded with ways in which they harm other people and they harm the person that does them. My challenge with them, the way that they challenge me, um, is the implication of how they are wielded against teenagers. Um, as teenagers are people that I love, respect, and work alongside just about every day in my ministry life, very often these words are used in a way that sets them up for humiliation and shame and unworthiness and feeling as though they have created this sin from which they can never come back. Mm -hmm. And I know that that's not Jesus's intent. And so I struggle with the use of Jesus's words in that weaponized way, uh -huh. um, which I think can happen in a lot of places. But for me, the piece of this that I think that that laundry list of bad <laughs> comes from is just before it. If we read the section right before it, then maybe we understand the list a little bit better. Listen to me, all of you, and understand 
There is nothing outside a person that by going in can defile, but the things that come out are what defile it. For it is from within, from the human heart, that evil intentions come. And so then for me, the question becomes, what is the shape of your heart? What are you growing there? What are you allowing to color your heart? What wounds have been inflicted upon your heart? How are you processing the hurt of the outside world? And certainly this week, we haven't talked about it at all, but certainly this week, the outside world is hurting my heart. My heart feels clenched in a tight fist as I watch what's happening in Haiti and in Afghanistan. And all of those things that affect our heart can oftentimes color the way that we interact with the world. And maybe we're not allowing things to come out of our mouths that are the best representative of who we are as a person, of who we are as a Christian. And when we allow judgment, particularly, to be the thing, the coping mechanism that we live into when we are in a place of fear or hurt, um, then we aren't loving our neighbor. We aren't loving ourselves. We aren't perhaps being in a whole and complete relationship with Christ. And as I look at all of those words that Jesus listed afterwards, so many of those could be avoided if we live into love and respect of each other. If we take those moments when we are slipping into behaviors that are challenging and we ask ourselves, what is the shape of my heart right now? Am I responding to, am I responding correctly to the person who is in front of me? Because there are times that you have to have a challenging conversation or you have to advocate for yourself or someone who is not able to advocate for themselves. But there are other times where it is a wound that may not even be related to the person I'm interacting with that is coloring how I respond to them. Mm. And the ability to notice that and to set that judgment aside, to pause for a minute before interacting with another human being, I think that that is taking stock of what is inside of our heart. Because that's saying that those outside things cannot defile our heart. Those wounds that come from outside, they may hurt but they don't defile us. It is the things that we choose to let grow and fester within us. And then that we spill out on other people. Mm -hmm. Those are the things that defile Mm -hmm. the shape of our heart. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And I think that um, one of the things that, one of the things that happens with a list like this, especially in scripture is that we end up doing the same thing with it, that Jesus is, that Jesus is critiquing the Pharisees for doing with this like practice of this ritual of washing things clean. You know, we like take this list of things and say, well, these are the practices. These are the things you're not supposed to do. Just don't do mm-hmm. them mm-hmm. instead of being like, well, well, why? Because if we, if we don't ask the question why, then they just become these kind of taboo, untalked about shame based guilt ridden things that we never actually like question and and it's so it all just comes down to practice instead of intention and Jesus is very clear that what he's talking about is well like it's translated here evil intention right but but even this word evil isn't like 
it's not like talk is Jesus isn't like talking about this like huge like concept of evil like we think about it or like the evil one like the mm-hmm. devil or something like this is just the word for you could it's translate it's like used in many different ways and even just in in the new testament in greek some of them are evil sometimes it's bad sometimes it's wrong and sometimes it's harm harmful so it's like and this idea this thing intention is like the like the ways we're reasoning the ways we're thinking our thoughts our like the ways that we're in dialogue with ourselves and with other people so it's like jesus is saying we're it's not like here's this here's these 12 these are the 12 things you're not supposed to do and that's it just don't do these things any more than he's saying any any more than like the 10 commandments are just these are the only 10 things god cares about you doing or not doing it's like jesus is saying the point the point of the things is not them themselves the things in themselves it's like the why of what we're Mm -hmm. why we're not doing them because what Jesus is concerned about is like people's relationships to one another, like we've already talked about for like weeks now uh, and many times before. And so, and our relationship to ourselves and how we're causing unnecessary suffering in our lives and in the lives of other people. So if we think about it, like if we think about it, like the things that come out of us are like the, the things that are instead of evil intentions, what if it was like harmful reasoning or harmful mm-hmm. thoughts, you know? And and what and so some of the ways we approach these things cause harmful thoughts themselves, because it's that kind of like judgment of people that do whatever, or the way that we think about even just like fornication as an idea, is like what it's really what that word really is is, like, you could you could call it like sexual immorality, but even that is like a, a like what does that mean? It's like what mm-hmm. what what are the thing what are like the sexual behaviors that are causing us harm? Or other people harm. That's what Jesus cares about. Not a particular way of being sexual. Not a particular way of using your body. Just any way of using of your of of embodying your sexuality that is harmful to you or to other people. Okay, like just think about it. Like if we think about it like that, then we've opened it up to really for it really to be experientially based, and not just a top-down judgment of what is and isn't okay. Because then it's up to everybody to decide. Well, what is harmful? to other people and to me. And that's mm-hmm. the thing that Jesus is concerned about. That's the thing that's going to come out of me. That's going to hurt the world. It's going to hurt me. And also if I do harm someone, it harm myself in big or small ways. That's not the end of the world for me. There's something beyond that because like there yeah. is the opportunity for transformation and growth, but only if we're able to be in conversation around those things and the way that we talk about them now shuts down conversation. Correct. And so that's what, mm-hmm. again, like Jesus, I think, knows all these things. He knows how our brains work. And I think harmful reasoning includes this really black and white thinking that the Pharisees are exhibiting, that he's challenging them to move beyond. Um, and so I think that that essentially is kind of my, my point <laughs> because I am like thinking about this, especially this, this, um, quote from Isaiah, which is uh, about human precepts. That's the word that is used here. But if you go to like the actual, ver- if you have, if you go to the chapter in Isaiah, cha- Isaiah, I think it's chapter 29, verse 13 is what this quote is from the Lord. And this is the NRSV translation, because these people draw near with their mouths and honor me with their lips while their hearts are far from me. 
and their worship of me is a human commandment learned by rote. I like that translation. And uh, in in this one, in uh, this translation of the gospel, it says you abandon the commandment of God and hold to human tradition um, instead of, you know, or the, they, do, they, they uh, in vain do they worship me, teaching human precepts as doctrines. So Jesus is making this distinction between like what God wants for us, a.k.a. God's commandments, and the things that we're like the human ma- human made commandments essentially and like and so he is but i i love that translation of the hebrew in the nrsv as uh things learned uh human commandment learned by rote because that i think really get like strikes a chord with me in a different way than than the other translation because it's like the, what jesus is saying is like what are the things you're just doing on autopilot? You know, mm-hmm. and that's the binary thinking. That's like the black and white thing is like either you do the either you wash the dishes the right way or the wrong way. Like this is how we this this is all God cares about, whether you wash the thing the right way or the wrong way. And Jesus is like, what? That doesn't make any sense. Like I'm here to tell you that God cares about you, that God cares about your body. God cares about your sexual wellness, your wholeness as a human. God cares about you being fed. God cares more about you eating than how you eat. You know, mm-hmm. God cares about more more about your like thrive your like sexual thriving and joy than about how you have sex or don't. You know, God cares more about how you you take care of your body and your spirit more that more God cares more about your spiritual and embodied wellness than how you take care of your body or your spirit. And so they're saying the most important thing are observing the practices correctly. And Jesus is saying the most important thing is our wellness, is our connection, is our connection to God and to ourselves and to people. Because guess what? You could wash the bowls so, so well and then walk past a person that's hungry and not do anything about it. So what's the point? What's the point if you wash the bowl and don't feed anyone? You know, or what's the point if you wash the bowl and then go and reinforce a system that makes makes it so there's hungry people and not hungry people. And so Jesus is just is trying again and again, always. And that's it's cool that this is what Jesus is naming as prophetic. It's not like trying to predict the future. It's not saying this is what the end times are going to be. It's saying this is what's happening right now. And this is this is where our this is where our belief in what is true of God and our practices are out of line. So how can we bring them back in line? Because he's not critiquing the practice in itself. He's not saying this Jewish practice of the elders of washing bowls is a bad thing. That's, don't hear Jesus saying that. That's not what he's saying. He's saying making this an end in itself is a problem because you are losing humans. You're losing the spirituality of it. You're, you're losing the connection to one another and to God and to ourselves. That's the most important thing. So he's just always trying to ask us, Hey, pay attention to what is just on autopilot. Like, do you just have this rote list of things that person is not supposed to do? Well, that's kind of a problem because then we're not really asking questions. We're not asking about people's experience. We're not hearing stories because we don't, we don't care about the stories because we tell people what does and does not cause them harm from the outside without hearing what actually does for them on the inside. 
And so that's what Jesus is asking is just like, take a step back, ask this question. Why, why are we doing this thing? And if the answer that you're getting is because that's how the elders did it. And so that's how we always are going to do it. That's not a good enough answer to Jesus. And that shouldn't be a good enough answer to us either. We need to, we need to have a real reason that points us back towards our humanity and our, and our, and our wholeness and God's desire for our wholeness and for our connections to be deep with one another. So that's what I, that's what I liked about what Jesus said today. I like that about what Jesus said today too, but one more note on the laundry list of things, because as you were talking, David, it, as often happens to me, it flashed me right back to um, baptism. It always, like all of these things, always bring me right back to that. And in this temptation to label things as evil um, and then therefore using those evil things to label ourselves as evil, um, we live into a separation from God in those moments, right? Like when when we call ourselves that way, we are saying that we are terrible, we are bad, and we are separated from God. And just this reminder, especially if we have any teens out there listening to us on the podcast right now, that in baptism, you are sealed by the Holy Spirit and marked as Christ's own forever. Amen. That's it. The whole sentence. And so in those moments when we make choices that don't represent our best selves, in those times that we struggling with our own self-worth when we are looking for the good in those things, please know that no matter what, that you are sealed, you are marked, you are loved, and you are Christ's own forever. Mm -hmm. No matter what, no matter what you do. No matter what. (laughs) Or -hmm. think or say, Mm -hmm. yeah, God loves you. Um, Okay. And Jesus is always inviting us back to ourselves and to wholeness. Mm asking how can we do this what's the next step on the journey mm-hmm. so having heard uh, oh that those are our two points pretty good points uh, point number one was Charlotte so it was talking about this list of things that Jesus says are the evil intentions that come out of us and just trying to invite us back to grace and compassion with ourselves to recognize Jesus is not against us Jesus is for us and Jesus is not just holding up a laundry list of of things so we can uh, guilt and shame one another, but asking us to ask why, to move towards wholeness and health. And that was led to my point, which is point number two, about Jesus's priority being our health and wellness and joy. Um, and, and to think about this as like oh, Jesus inviting us to question why we do what we do, especially when it's causing harm, and to become aware of what things we are doing just kind of by rote on autopilot that are harming us, that, that harms us, that harms other people and to invite transformation in those places. So having heard those two points, we would love to hear what your third point would be for today or fourth and fifth point. I mean, you can have as many points as you want. Um, we would love to hear any of your uh, stories or questions or comments from your week of faith discussion or, and reflection uh, or where you saw God this past week. You can, you can email us, faithtogo at edsd.org. You can contact us through our website, myfaithtogo.org, or you can direct message us or uh, tag us on a post on Instagram, at faithtogo. We will be back next week, yeah. the week leading up to September 5th, proper 18 in year B. Uh, and until next time, we say goodbye. Bye, everybody. Bye, everybody.